<laughs> Today's reading is from 1 Peter, chapter 2, verses 4 to 10. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning to you. My name is Emmanuel Bakey, and um, not everybody knows me here, which is quite understandable. And um, thank you for the warm, warm welcome I've received since I came through the doors today. Um, I live, I live on Greenfield Avenue. I've done so now for since the year 2003, actually. And um, I'm currently a curate at Christ Church Subbiting Hill, uh, where I have been for a couple of years now. And I'm doing so part-time. I trained part-time at St. Augustine's College of Theology, which used to be called Southeast Institute of Theological Education. So combining that with my full-time work as a general practitioner in Wandsworth, um, which I've done for many years. Um, and my work is shared between the largest prison in London, Wandsworth Prison, and a practice in Wandsworth. I have now become a bit wiser, so I have scaled down. So I just walk two days a week in general practice. <laughs> I'm married to Tony, who is a general practitioner too, locally. And we have four adult children and one grandson. And um, that's it about me. Uh, I think what, what has always given me pleasure is, the, is, the, is, is God's mercy upon me and how uh, he has taken me and planted me 
in his vineyard. Today, uh, we are continuing with our series on the unrestricted church, and um, I am going to discuss with us the, the big question of why not stay indoors as we emerge from lockdown. As a result of this lockdown, amazing stories have come to light. How people have used this time to help others, whether that's delivering supplies to a family member or to a venerable neighbor. And I must say, many of you have been involved in these amazing stories. So how do we build on this and be mission focused as we emerge from lockdown? Let us pray. Loving God, we thank you for this time under your word. Give us receptive hearts to receive your word and use and that the words may be used for your good and for your kingdom. For in Christ's name we pray. Amen. The passage that has been read to us today describes us as God's chosen people, a spiritual house. This is your new identity in Christ. We have been called out of darkness into light. From a place of hopelessness, sin, and spiritual death, it was in that place that Christ found, chose, and saved us so that we are now children of light. Light is good, is wonderful, and beautiful. And we are light bearers. And we are called to share this light with those people in the world. There are still many people, sadly, that you know and that I know, who are living in darkness without knowing the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And who are these people? They are our save, unsaved families, friends, colleagues, and neighbors who need to experience the light that has changed us. Christ is that light, and he has chosen us to bear witness to the people living in darkness with broken hearts, broken dreams, broken lives. Permit me to quote the statistics just to encourage you. Can I have the first, for that slide please, thank you. Just take a look at that slide. It was taken out of a research that was conducted a couple of years ago. 
So two-thirds, that is 67% of the people in England who were interviewed said they know a practicing Christian. And that person like, was likely to be a friend in 40%. A family member, 33%. Only 1% said they knew a church leader. So what does that tell us? It tells us or rather confirms to us the wisdom, of, the wisdom of God in making us his spiritual house. The potential to exert influence is huge. It means that you can bring light to people in multitudes more than birth alone can do. Because you, there are more people who know you than do know about. Please hear this truth. Believers are the foot soldiers commissioned to reach the world for God. And of course, this starts where they are located. The kingdom of God advances only if we allow him to use us in changing the world. What great privilege we have as Christians to share the good news of Jesus with the people around us. So the chosen people, you, you, and you, are the spiritual house. You are the temple of God. Your new identity has been enabled by the transforming presence of the Holy Spirit. And you are also described as living stones held together by the precious cornerstone, Christ, who is the head of the church. This passage also describes you as God's special possession. Called to declare his unfailing love to the world. The passage that was read to us today is not referring to ordained elders in our church tradition. But rather, it affirms that ministry belongs to the people of God. And that is you, and you, and you. Ordained elders have a particular role within the body. Peter writes, to the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them. 1 Peter 5 verse 1 to 2. The same theme is conveyed in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 and 12. 
Christ himself gave us the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the teachers, and the pastors to equip his people for works of service. So let me put it this way. We gathered in order to be equipped and we disperse to carry out God's work among our communities, families, friends, and work colleagues, serving and improving society through our jobs and our calling. A missionary church engages fully with the world it serves. The idea that believers are called to serve society is vital for the health and effectiveness of the church. In this way, we become living stones, catalyzing others to become living stones themselves. And we then, that way we grow the church as people hear about Christ and come to believe in his redeeming grace. This passage also describes you, says concerning you that you are called holy and priestly people of God. For Martin Luther, the 16th century monk, the priestly ministry of the people of God extends to the workplace, to business, entertainment, politics, education, medicine, homes, and to the neighborhood where we all live as the salt and the light of the world. Understanding your new identity and calling allows you to connect your beliefs to your everyday actions, giving you purpose in whatever you do, either at home or in the neighborhood. The gathered church is the place where people are fed and nurtured so Christ can be formed in them by the Spirit. Christ, the high priest, has made us his, his own ambassadors. Christ, the high priest, gave himself for the church. His atoning the blood makes it possible for you and I to become the children of God. Because we were not a people before, we were not reckoned with, but because of his blood, we are the people of God. Before he did that, it was a yearly ritual that they carried out so that they can appease God. But he has done that once and for all for us. So we are beneficiaries of the saving love of Jesus Christ. 
heaven called us out of darkness and now we are in his light. He has literally given us that ministry as his ambassadors. Ambassadors to our communities. You are the temple of Christ. This building is not the church. It's not the temple. You are the temple. And wherever you go, Christ goes because he resides in you. God reconciled us to himself through Christ. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. As agents of reconciliation, we mediate God's love to the people. So humanity can be recalled and restored to his image. For we have all fallen away. Humanity has fallen away. This passage says we offer spiritual sacrifices through Christ in verse 5. And what are those sacrifices? They are the offering of intercessory prayers, just as we have done here today. It is offering praise. We have done that also. Thanksgiving, repentance, confession, justice, kindness, and love. Our lives give praise for the one who has given us the greatest gift of his son's sacrifice. As priestly people, therefore, we bear on our hearts the sorrows, the cares, and the tragedies of our world before our God in prayers. I'm sure apart from doing it together at home, you also do that constantly as you hear about things happening, you pour your heart to God, carrying those burdens to God. And I'm, I'm glad too that we have been introduced to this Thy Kingdom Come initiative and I'm sure many of you have engaged and I will encourage you to continue to engage with that because it's part of the calling that we have been called to as ambassadors and as reconcilers. Our calling also involves blessing the world in Christ. The world does not really understand it and often rejects it. But we must constantly find ways to engage with the local community so we can extend grace, generosity, and kindness to people. Our mission in the world defines our goal as a blessing. The church is most itself when it is feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, visiting the sick, and those in the prison. Matthew 25, verse 35 to 46. 
In other words, the church looks for those who are on the margins and extend love to them. The church, we model unity and friendship in diversity. You don't need to go too far to see how that is that happens in the church. Humanity was given the divine church to develop and protect the planet. Genesis chapter 2 verse 15. So the church has the same calling to develop, to protect people, and to care for creation. I'm sure before the pandemic, you were all involved in one form of initiative or the other, either as school governors or providing lunch to people or supporting local food banks and so forth. Through such initiatives, we build bridges and develop friendship which then provides a platform for sharing God's love. I mention that to encourage you because I believe the Spirit of God has been working in you. And as we come out of lockdown, we must not stop doing what we have done that has brought hope to people. So go for gold. No act of kindness, no matter how small, is ever wasted. We are people who care. And except people know that you care, they would not listen to you. And we can only develop meaningful relationship when we are willing to give time to listen and to care. As we emerge from the lockdown, the unrestricted church cannot and should not remain indoors because the church is outward looking and missional in its calling. What else is there to do practically, you may ask me. How do we discern God's move among the people? How do we reimagine church and rebuild tomorrow? Let me get you excited by first asking you to think about God's unfailing love for you and for his creation. And you may consider some of these suggestions. Please take prayer walk in your area, watching for the signs of need and prayerfully seek ways of becoming the heart, the voice, the feet, and the hands of God to meet those identified needs. Remember to smile as you say hello to that neighbor passing by or as you look over the fence walking in the garden, 
invite them over for tea when lockdown is over. Remain involved in your street WhatsApp group. And if you are a member of a sports group, club, that is a great place to make new friends. As I conclude, I want you to take a look again at that statistic. Just have a look at it again. And remember, you are a chosen people. Sent into the world to be God's ambassadors. Verse 9. This task perhaps may sound daunting or difficult. But God gives the grace to accomplish his work. Verse 10. And Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Let us pray. Father, thank you for my brothers and sisters, and I thank you for your love and for your intention that we will be the bearers of this great light. Encourage your people, Lord, today that they might catch this vision of your purpose for your church. Thank you, Father, for answering our prayers. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.